listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Father, we just, we do, we exalt you, Lord. We thank, we are thankful, Lord. Thankful for your love to, to us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, your kindness toward us, Lord. Your faithfulness toward us. We, uh, we're just so thankful, so, so glad to, uh, to know you, Lord. You opened our eyes and called us out of darkness into your light, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. May you come speak uh, your word to us uh, tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to uh, kind of pick back up on a series we started uh, a couple of months back on the life of Jesus, uh, how that he uh, uh, is basically a a steady uh, uh, person that we can depend on in the midst of uh, this ever-changing world. He's a standard that we can depend on and we've been looking at some kind of some different ways that as you read through the gospels some ways that jesus um lived how did and and the things that he did and how did that how does that affect us and how are we to uh, to emulate that how are we to follow in uh, his example of that and we've looked at several of those we've looked at how um, he was connected with his dad, how he was connected to his father how he uh, spent time uh, with his father how he um, he was in a relationship. He uh, he would start his mornings many times. You hear in the, reading the scriptures where he would you know go off and go to be with dad and spend time and in prayer and communion and and how he taught us that that's what we're to do. And he um, we also looked at called us to follow him, um, uh, not just to believe, not just to uh, have a mental ascent of who he is, but to actual follow him. That's the call in our lives that we're. Uh, were to do. He also, we've looked at how uh, not only was he connected with the Father, but he showed us the love of the Father. He showed us by who he was, the, the example, and the life that he lived. He he he's, he was the demonstration and 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 man form of who Dad was, of who the Father was. In fact, as Hebrews says, he's the he was the exact representation of the Father. So what we see in Jesus is who Dad is, and and that's. That's good news because the old covenant seemed to kind of lend a little different picture sometimes when you read those scriptures. But Jesus has gave us kind of the final word of this is who God is. This is who the Father is. We also looked at how he um, proclaimed. He came pre- preaching and demonstrating the kingdom of God. Okay, and we've looked at we looked at all that kind of what that looks like. And we'll uh, the kingdom of God, as, as you know, if you're around the vineyard very long, is one of our major um, theologies are one of our major themes that we we live in and we we try to uh, to walk in. Tonight we're going to start and we're going to look at um, how Jesus lived his life with a purpose. He had a purpose when he came here, and we're going to look at what that means uh, for us. He lived in um, perfect obedience to his Father. He walked uh, in obedience to him. Jesus never had a doubt about why he was here. You never see Jesus questioning, you know, what am I doing? You know, what's, what, 
What am I called here for? Why am I doing this? Jesus never questioned that. He never, he always knew what his destiny was. He always knew what his purpose was for why he came. And so he came with a purpose. He didn't, um, he didn't get sidetracked. He didn't get sidetracked. Is that, um, and as I think about that, that's, to me, that's something that's, um, in our day and time and, and the culture we live in and the kind of the fast paced society we live in, getting sidetracked is something that's pretty easy to do. Do you agree with that? I mean, it's just easy to do. We can get so caught up in the, in the stuff and just, yeah, buildings, right, Josh? We can get, we can get so, we can just get caught up in, in, in things like cars and not having cars and jobs and family and school and, work and homes and just all the stuff it's just it's easy if we're not careful to just do not and and here's the thing it's it's something that's really it's not that we do it purposefully does that make sense in other words we don't just purposely get up one morning and decide you know what i'm i'm not going to just be intent on following god today i'm going to just i'm going to spend all my time doing this and then the next day, I'm going to spend all my time doing this, and I'm going to spend all, and pretty soon we just kind of, you know, a day turns into a week, and a week turns into a month, and pretty soon, if we're not careful, we can go through a year, or two years, or five years, and we get, and we can just like, just kind of our whole world just kind of got sidetracked from what we were really called to do, and to be, and who God's, who, who we are, what our purpose is. And Jesus, He lived a life that never did that, okay? He always understood His calling, He always understood his purpose. In fact, is even even as a twelve-year-old, it's kind of you know if you're reading the Gospels and you read about the birth of Christ, and then there's this one little um, little glimpse in there of Jesus as a child, and he's a twelve-year-old. Okay, and and they've gone to um, uh, he's gone with his parents and his family. Apparently, a number of other folks had traveled together. They had gone uh, to offer sacrifices and to do their thing, and they had left. And, and, and when you read the scriptures, it looks like they were, had left for at least a day or two. They had left, uh, the town that they were in. They had left there. And all of a sudden, Joseph and Mary are starting to ask, well, where's Jesus? <laughs> where's our son? They, they, they thought he was with who? Who remembers the story? They thought he was with a family member. You remember that? And, and so all of a sudden they realize, oh, We've left, we've left our son, our 12 year old. So they go back to the city and where do they find him? He's in the temple as a 12 year old and what's he doing? He's teaching. He's, he's having conversation with the, with the priest and the leadership that's there in the temple. He's having a, here's, and here's the, here's what is just cool to me. Jesus as a 12 year old asked his parents, why do you seek me? <laughs> Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? This is a 12-year-old. How many 12-year-olds do you know that, that would have that kind of, 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 of purpose in their life and that kind of, of, of understanding of what, why they were here? We, we'd fall over if our 12-year-old said, don't you know I have purpose in life and that's why I'm doing this? You know? <laughs> I mean, can just put yourself there. So even as a 12 year old, he knew what he was doing. Then as, and then as Jesus, as, you know, he spends the next 18 year old, somewhere around 30 years old, he comes out, he gets baptized. After his baptism, he, what happens to him? He's led where? 
We're going to make this kind of interactive night. You okay with that? We'll keep you all awake that way. He was led where? Into the wilderness. Okay. After the, after that ex- time of being in the wilderness, he comes out, and this is one of the first messages he speaks or declares. He, he goes again to the temple, and they ask him to read the scripture, and he goes to Isaiah, and he pulls the scripture out, and he reads this. And in essence, this passage could literally be looked at like Jesus' mission statement. You with me? This passage could literally be like his mission statement for what he's going to do over the next three years. And this is what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. Is it up there? Let's get you up. There we go. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus says, this is what I'm here for. (laughs) This is what I came to do. This is my purpose. He also says in John chapter 5 and verse 19, he says this, Very truly I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees His Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Another statement of purpose. Jesus says, listen guys, I don't do anything except what the Father's doing. I love that verse. I wish I can't think of where it's at right now, but the scripture says this, that, that the Father is always at work. <laughs> He's always doing something. I did something that I like. God, Dad's always doing something. You know what our part's supposed to do? Plug in with what He's doing. What are you doing today? That's, I, can't, I mean, I can just picture Jesus get up in the morning. Dad, what's up? <laughs> what's up for today? What's, what's the purpose? What's the plans here? Where are we going? What are we doing? What are we saying? Another place, another one of those purpose kind of verses is Jesus in Luke 19 says this, that Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I love at the end of the, at the end of the story is Jesus is being crucified and he's hanging on the cross. One of the last things he says is what? It is finished. It is finished. What's Jesus saying in that statement? Not difficult. It is finished. In other words, I've done what I was sent to do. I've accomplished the task. I've fulfilled the purpose. It's done. It's finished. I mean, we could, we could preach for weeks just on that. It's finished. I mean, that's, you know what that says to me? That says to me, one of the biggest things that says is, I don't, it makes it where I don't have to finish it. I don't have to whip something up. I don't have to make it. Jesus has already done it. I just tie into what he's done. It's finished. It's finished. (laughs) Jesus wasn't just cruising through life. He had purpose and he lived intentionally. The Apostle Paul, let's look and see what he had to say. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says this. 9 verse 24. Am I going too fast for y'all? You follow me? (laughs) In the New Living Translation, Paul says this, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for what? 
an eternal prize. We do it for eternal reasons. So, this one says, so, what do I do? I run with purpose. Paul says, I've got purpose. I'm running this race with a purpose. Everybody's running, but i got a purpose. Everybody runs to win, but I'm going to win. I'm running with purpose. I'm not, look at this, I'm not just shadow boxing. In other words, I'm not just playing games here. I'm not just beating at the shadows. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. I want to read this to you. Same passage in the message. I love this where it says it in the message. You have all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, but how many win? One. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades, but you're after one that's gold eternally. What's our purpose? When we're running the race, we're running to win a prize, and that prize is an eternal prize. It's not just something for here. As I said earlier, you know, most of the stuff that trips us up is just temporary stuff. Isn't it? I mean, so much, so much of the time, the things that get to us and that tie us up and that eat up our energy and eat up our frustrations and eat up our pocketbooks and, and, and just get to us, most of those things are just temporary. Paul's saying here, run, run for the big prize. Run for the one that has an eternal reward. Go after that one. I look, listen to that. I love how it says this in the message. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. <laughs> I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling one everybody else about it and then missing out on myself. Run this race. Run, run it to win. Later, Paul says this. He's, he's like Jesus. When Jesus says it's finished, Paul says this kind of toward the end of his life. He says, you know what, guys? And in and, and 2 Timothy 4, 7, it says this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Isn't that cool? Go to that one if you would, please. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Think about that a second. Think about the verses that I just read where Paul was talking about running the race, about training, about, about going after the prize. Here he's saying, I fought a good fight. I fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. What jumps out at you on that? That it's going to be what? It's going to be a, what kind of race? It could be a tough race. <laughs> You might have to do something. What did he say he did? He did go back to it. He said, I have fought the good what? And this life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, guess what? You may have to fight. Because let me rephrase that. In this life, on this planet, as a Christian, you will have to fight. <laughs> Not a, no, no might about it. You, you, there's, there's times in our life where we're in a battle. 
There's times in our life where it's a struggle. There's times in our life where we have to fight. Paul says in Ephesians to put on the full armor of God. And when you've done that, stand. There's a fight. There's a war that we're in the middle of. And there's, and if we're going to fulfill the purpose that we've been called to, we've got to be willing to, to run the race. We've got to be willing to fix our eyes on the eternal and go after it. And be willing to fight that fight. I fought the good fight. And I finished the course. Don't, don't you want as you kind of come down? I guess none of us really know when our end day it could happen tomorrow, you know? But I guess the older you get, at some point, you start realizing the end, the end's a little closer than it probably was 60 years ago. I'm speaking as someone that just turned 65, okay? Don't you want to just, don't you want to just be able to say, I fought a good fight. I didn't give up. I didn't throw in the towel. I didn't quit. I didn't get tired. I didn't lay it down. I fought a good one. I fought a good one. I fought a good fight. I finished it. I finished this course. The one that Jesus has had me on. I finished it. I persevered. I pushed through. I fought a good fight. We must learn as Jesus did. We must learn to live with some intentionality to our living. To be purposeful in what we're doing. My experience is if I don't live purposeful, I just wind up sidetracking. I wind up drifting. I wind up just getting caught in whatever's the next new pressing issue in my life. Have you experienced that? What is that? There used to be an old book called the, it was the Tyranny of the Urgent. Is that it? The Tyranny of the Urgent. And we, we just, if we're not careful, we can just get, we can stay continually dealing with the urgent instead of doing what we've been called to do, instead of living with purpose. I love this definition. In order to do this, we, we must be disciples of Christ. I love this definition of what a disciple is. Because you might want to take a picture of this or write it down. A disciple is one that is truly following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and committed to the mission of Jesus. Don't you like that? We've been, we, one of the last things Jesus said when he left the planet is to go and what? Make, let's try it again, make disciples. If we're going to make disciples, we probably ought to know what a disciple is. I love this definition. A disciple is this. A disciple is a person that is truly following Jesus. They're going after Jesus. They're following Him. And and the process, guess what happens? If you're following Jesus, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be changed by Jesus. If we're committed to following Him, He's going to change us. And if He's going to change us, then we're going to be committed to what His mission is. What's His mission? To make <laughs> disciples. That's, that's the mission. That's what He's called us to. And if we've been... It, it, well, let, me, let me read this to you. Here's, here's a quote by David Platt. I love this. Remember a little video we watched last week by him? 
Remember that? That's who this is. I'm reading David Platt. Jesus said this, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to read on, but I'm just pausing for a second. See, I don't know if does everybody's mind work this way or not, but when I read a verse like that, that's a scripture. You with me? I think it's Matthew 4.19, I think. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. The way my mind works is I think if I'm not fishing for men, does that mean I'm not following? Does anybody else think like that? Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. With that, Jesus beckoned these men that he called to leave. Listen to this. He, he, he beckoned these men to leave behind their professions, their possessions, their dreams, their ambitions, their family, their friends, their safety, and their security. He bid them to abandon everything. If anyone is going to follow me, he must deny himself. Another verse. Remember Jesus saying that? If you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Jesus would say repeatedly in a world where everything revolves around, and this is the world we live in right now, okay? In a world where everything revolves around self. Protect yourself. Promote yourself. Preserve yourself, entertain yourself, comfort yourself, take care of yourself. Does that sound like a culture we live in? Does that sound like 90.999% of the ads you see on TV? Don't they impact one of those? Jesus said, slay yourself. Jesus says, take up your cross, deny yourself. And yet, everything around us says just the opposite of that. The culture around us, and I'm telling you, the culture in the church around us, much of the church is just the opposite of that. Much of what you hear on TV is what what Jesus wants you to have and how blessed He wants you to be and how everything's going to be great after you come to Him and you'll never have any more problems and everything will be taken care of. and, and, And a lot of that's true. At the same time, in the middle of that, you have problems. And you have to determine, am I going, am I going to stay the course? Am I going to finish the fight? Am I, am I going to, am I going to protect myself or am I going to slay myself and follow him? Paul makes this statement. It was interesting. One of the songs we sang tonight was, was talking about this. But Paul writes this in Philippians 3.13. But one thing I do, one thing, one. Jesus says this to a rich man, one thing you lack. Only one thing is needed, Jesus says to Martha when he comes and complains to her about Mary not working. Jesus says what? There's one thing. One thing I know, cries the man that received his sight from Christ. One thing. Often we are involved in in too many things. Instead of being focused, instead of fixing our eyes on this race that he's called us to, instead of having purpose in our lives. The writer in the book of Hebrews says this, Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangle us, and let us run with 
Who knows? Let us run with. Get it up there, please. <laughs> Let us run with perseverance. What's perseverance? Keep going. What's perseverance? Keep going. Patience. Let us, let us do this with perseverance. So guess what, folks? If we're going to run this race, we're probably going to have to have perseverance. Let us run it. With perseverance, the race that is marked out before us. And how do we run this race with perseverance? What's the rest of the verse says? Say. What's the rest of the verse say? By doing what? By fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is what? The author and perfecter of our faith. So how do we run the race? We run it with perseverance. You got, in other words, when you get up the next day, maybe you're tired, maybe you, maybe you got beat up a little bit the day before, but what do you do? You get up and you go after the race again. You run it. You keep going. You keep persevering. You keep doing it with patience. But how do you do that? By looking at the things, another verse that says this, by looking at things that are not temporary, but looking at the things that are eternal. Writer of Hebrews says it this way, we run this race by fixing our eyes on what? On Jesus, the finish line. Jesus is the mark we're going after. How many of you, y'all, Olympics is on. Y'all been watching that? <laughs> the Olympics. I like watching them. They always kind of remind me of me, you know, just shaping. <laughs> At least in my dreams, they remind me of me. But I love these races. You know, they, they, especially the short ones. I like the, that little short track. The speed skaters, the little short track where they do like, Four laps, and it's like, boom, just like that, it's over. And they are flying. And just one little wrong move, boom, you're out. And these guys, they train really more than that, but they've trained at least for the last four years to be in this race at this point in time to win the race. And just like that, they can be out. But when you're running that kind of race, you have to run it with your eyes on the finish line. You're not, you're not looking back. I've never been a runner, never claimed to be a runner, never liked running, hated running. I, I can remember as a young 20-year-old trying to do the run thing. You know, you get out and jog in the morning. And I used to hear about all these people talk about the second wind that you would get and the, the euphoria of all that. And I did it for years. I never one time had it. <laughs> I think they just lied to us. You got to more than a hundred yards. Is that what you're saying? Oh, that's the see. If I'd have known that, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> but <laughs> my point is this: I'm not speaking from experience here. My understanding is, if you're running a hundred yard, or I guess now it's a hundred meter. If you're running a hundred meter run, you don't spend any time doing what? Looking back. You fix your eyes on the finish line. Jesus came and lived a life with purpose. He knew what he was called here to do. We have we have a um, we have a vision statement in our church, and it's it's 
it's basically this. It's love God, love people, and impact the world. We believe as a church, that's our purpose. As a church, that's what we want to do. That's just not some cute little statement to us. As a church, we want to be known as a church that loves God. Period. (laughs) Loves God. Loves to worship God. Loves to pursue God. Loves to spend time with God. And we want to, we want to do that with everything in us. We want to teach other people how to do that with everything in them. We want to go after God. We want to just, we want to be consumed with loving Him. And we want to love people. We, 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 we truly believe that loving people is what's going to impact the world. <laughs> just, just, just loving on people. I mean, we're, we're in a world where that's rare. <laughs> we live in a culture where loving on somebody is rare. Just being kind to somebody, just being nice to somebody is rare. I've just, I, and probably over the last two or three years, I started trying to do this thing when I go into a convenience store. I'm not 100% at it, but I'm way, 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 way better at it than I used to be, okay? When I walk into a convenience store and the person behind the counter is just a grouch, okay? They look like they just, you know, been soaked in dill juice or pickle juice or whatever. Maybe they had a bad night. I don't know. But they act like you're bothering them and you're there to buy something. You, You know what I'm talking about. I used to just let that tick me off. It used to just bother me. Okay. And I, so I just would get mad and walk out and not say anything. Over the last couple of years, I've tried my best and I do this a lot better than I used to. I don't let their attitude affect me. I affect them. And so I'll just say something nice. Just be, just try to be friend them. Hey, how's your day? What's going on? You know, and is it, it's busy in here today or, or whatever, and it's amazing. I would say, I'd say probably nine out of ten times, me being kind to them changes them just like that. I mean, literally, just like that. You see a smile come on their face, like their attitude. They'll kind of joke back with you. Or I could have just left and been pissed off. Well, I should have said that. I could have been left and just been mad. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So, literally, it takes, what, about a half a second to be kind? And you can impact somebody's life. So just love on people and impact the world. How do you impact the world? By making disciples. By bringing people to Christ and making disciples out of them. And that's our church purpose. But I believe that's our, when I say church, it's not just our corporate church purpose, but it's our individual purpose. I believe that's what God's called us all to. I think that's our purpose. I think that's your purpose. Sometimes we can we can get so caught up in trying to f- figure out. I mean, we can spend years trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> what where am I going to go to school? What kind of job am I going to have? What who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live? What what house am I going to get? What kind of car? What and we can spend so much time and energy, and uh, there's nothing wrong with those things. All those things are good. But listen, a hundred years from now, I don't care how old you are. Listen to me. A hundred years from now, it won't matter. Right? 
It won't matter. Some of us, it's less than 100. I probably, I'm assuming I'm not going to be here 100 years from now. I'm hoping I'm not going to be here 100 years from now. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I, you know what? 100 years from now, I'm going to be with Jesus in glory in heaven. 100,000 years from now, guess where I'm going to be? I'm going to be with Jesus in glory in heaven. A million years from now, two million, ten million years from now. You know how much am I going to remember of when my car wouldn't start? Or how much I'm going to remember when this bill came due and I couldn't pay it? Or how much I'm going to remember about getting sick or this happening or that happened? I, I don't have any way of proving it, but I, I personally believe about one split second after you're with Jesus, it ain't going to matter. <laughs> right? All that stuff, we get consumed in and sidetracked in it. Please, please don't misunderstand me. Obviously, those things are important, but just don't let them take first place. Maybe that's what I need to say. Don't, don't let all that stuff become preeminent in your life. Don't, it, don't let it become your sole purpose or your main purpose in life. Let it be down here somewhere. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up, guys. Um, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Anybody else got anything they want to share real quick? Got anything? Well, just the Olympic thing. Um, just as Pastor Bob was sharing, because I do love watching the Olympics. I hope everybody's watching the Olympics. That's what it is. Because we need to support them. Because... I think they are such a great lesson uh, watching them and hearing their stories that some of them from the time they were very little and they saw that first Olympics themselves, it set in them that purpose and they've spent their life pursuing that. And it's the same thing for them as in the spiritual realm. The distractions would come, an injury would come, or having to do school knowing that they have to practice. and But they they keep their eye on that prize. They keep their eye on the destination that um, they're going to be in the Olympics one day. Um, the young man that is the ice skater, he put a sign on the top of his ceiling that said Olympics in 2018. And he did that when he was nine. And so he is there. And they showed an interview that they had when he came on the scene at like nine or 10 and they, and this interview person asked him, do you expect to, you know, we expect to see you in the Olympics one day. And he says 2018 and he was nine or 10 and he has accomplished that. And so there are things that the Lord puts in us, even when we're young and some of us forget that. Or we get distracted by all the stuff rather than keeping our eyes on the prize of what God's called each of us to do. And so sometimes we just have to go back and say, Lord, what is that? What are my giftings used by you to do that and to finish that race and to keep my eye on you and what you're using me for and how you want to use me? And so I just think this is such a good encouragement for us to go, okay, Lord, let's just step back here and regroup 
and get my eyes on you, not on stuff around me. Or maybe your eyes are still on the Lord, but you need to refocus just to say, okay, let's go just a little deeper, which is kind of what this series is about for us to go deeper in our walk with the Lord. Because as believers, we can get a little lazy, especially when we've known the Lord for a long, long time. We can get lazy and pressing through that to say, what is my purpose? And so just an encouragement in that. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, talk. You go ahead and use the mic. We, we can't hear you with the mic. <laughs> Wish I had better details about this, but if you've been watching the speed skaters, there's a, a, a black girl, and her dad is right there, has always been supportive of her, and uh, she is always laughing, giggling. She's got the joy, and and uh, I just think about the father and the joy that uh, he gives us as our strength, you know, and she's done a lot. Amen. Thanks, Jan. Yeah. If you um if you need some prayer, we want to pray for you. We don't ever want to let you get out of here without some prayer. So if you want to just come up, we'll pray for you. But I want to pray over you uh, as a group. Um, so just kind of assume the the, the vineyard position there. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Come, Jesus. Come, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I just I, I, I want to bless and honor you, Dad. Father, I pray you'd help us to, Lord, just to renew our minds, Lord, as we study your word, as we've heard your word tonight. Let it, let it be afresh in us. Let it be renewed in us, Lord. Father, I just pray you would stir a, a passion, a new, a fresh passion, and each of us, Lord, to, to fulfill and to follow after you, to, to go after you, Lord, with our whole hearts, to, uh, to love you, to love others, to impact, Lord, the, the world around us. That you would just stir uh, that purpose within us, Father, and help us to, uh, to not be sidetracked, but help us to keep that in front of us, Lord, that we can run this race, Father, with perseverance, that we can run it and we can go after it and we can win that prize, Lord, of going after you. Holy Spirit, I just invite you. I just invite you to come in each of our lives, Lord, and keep that in front of us, Father. Keep that tomorrow as we get up, as we go to our jobs, as we go to school, as we do what we're doing, that you would keep, you would refresh our minds, refresh our minds, Lord, of what you've called us to do. Just stir that in us again, Father. Dad, we want to be able to say that um, we only do what we see you doing. And we want to be able to declare, uh, Father, at the end of our lives that we've, we've fought a good fight, that we've finished this course, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, be blessed, guys. May God just cause His face to shine upon you and bless you and keep you this week. Jesus name. Amen. Are you going to share or you want prayer? Yes. Yes. Both? <laughs> uh, well, I just give an update. Another, give everybody an update. Another update. Well, as I told you a few weeks ago, I've had the retina tear 
the repair, the healing is going good on that, but the blood the in the uh, vitreous is still blocking my vision, so they've decided to go ahead and do an operation Tuesday, and I'm looking forward to Wednesday. It'll be over. <laughs> so I appreciate your prayers. I thank you for your, uh, many of you expressed your your prayers and concern on Facebook, and I thank you so much. And I just, uh, I can't express my appreciation so much for your everything, all the good things that people have expressed. And I just want to thank God for complete healing. One thing I've been thinking this week as I'm facing this, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they faced Nebuchadnezzar, they said, our God can deliver us from that fire. But if he doesn't, we will not bow down. They got cast into the fire. But guess who was there with them? And Miss Kathy, I've been thinking of you. We prayed so much for you. And you still had to go through an operation. But God has healed you. And I just, I'm looking forward to healing. And I'm going through the, going through the fire. And I'm going to come out on the other side with, without these, the smell of the fire on me. <laughs> so, uh, some of you guys gather around Paul. Come, come pray. Anybody else needs some prayer? You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.